counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go on back home. You got to feel it in your gut, you better want it in your bones. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Wags, it's been too long. This bye week was a drag. I'm ready to talk some Green Bay Packer football again. Dude, I am too. We uh, had some fun last weekend. Uh, tried to get a little bit of a Packer fix. Yeah. Uh, got up to Green Bay. Got to visit the Hall of Fame. Uh, had a nice little meeting with Chris Jackie, Packer Hall of Famer. So uh, we had fun meeting with Chris. And uh, But it's just not quite the same as having a Packer game to enjoy, is it? No, don't get me wrong. Anytime we can we can hang out with Chris Jackie and talk football, that's pretty awesome. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm ready for the pads to crack again and, uh, and, and watch this team. I mean, uh, if you're listening, you know we're 8-2. and two coming out of a bye week, we're as healthy, knock on wood, as we have been in an awful long time this late into the season. And uh, we've got the flex matchup this week, Sunday night football against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, The Green Bay Packers make the trip to San Fran. It's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, There's going to be fireworks. We haven't won in San Fran in an awful long time. And uh, I'm ready to watch this team play football because I think coming out of the bye week, uh, we should be rested. The question wags is, are are we rested and ready to play? Are we going to be coming out a little bit slow after a couple weeks off? That's got to be the concern, right? Because this is a team that I think really needed this bye week that was very timely. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, I am I, uh, very happy the way it lined up to have this extra week uh, off to prepare for the 49ers uh, who are a little bit dinged up and I think are, um, you know, have had a couple of weeks that they're kind of in that slog right now themselves. Um, they had a loss to the uh, uh, Seahawks a couple weeks ago in overtime, uh, a tough loss there, their first of the season, and then uh, follow that up last week with a win, but over a divisional opponent uh, in the Arizona Cardinals. And I think, you know, this is a very, very good team, and we'll be getting into the some of the matchup uh, specifics here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, I do think that they are a little bit susceptible here, uh, you know, and with some of the injuries that they have and kind of uh, what they've been dealing with, uh, I think their overall quality of play uh, the last few weeks has maybe slipped a little bit, similar to what we are seeing uh, perhaps with the Packers leading up to their bye week a couple weeks ago. But you're absolutely right. We cannot afford to come out flat or rusty against an opponent of this quality and expect that we'll be able to just make up for it in other ways or later in the game um, and be digging ourselves out of a hole. Yeah, they're just too good. Uh, Point blank, they are too good of a football team Coach Shanahan out there has done, I think, just a heck of a job uh, with with what they're doing out there. And uh, I know that he's close friends with uh, Coach LaFleur. 
It's it's just really going to be one of the more fascinating matchups, I think, that we've seen in this Packers season. It's not like we play the 49ers all that often. Um, this is a completely revamped team, I think, for them. Um, they're just, they've got a lot of talent wags up and down the roster. Uh, as we were preparing for this podcast, looking at their team, I mean, they do a lot of things really, really well. Um, I think that their quarterback play, Garoppolo, is a, is a really strong quarterback. But really what they like to do, man, they run the football. They run the ball a lot. They're effective. I wouldn't say that their offensive line is the greatest offensive line on the planet, but they sure as heck know how to get the job done. And uh, they're not afraid to just pound the football, pound the rock. And that's something that I think the Green Bay Packers uh, need to be prepared for. And one of the reasons I'm really glad we're coming out of the bye week is that um, I, I mentioned on previous podcasts, thought that uh, our D-line in particular, Kenny Clark was playing an awful lot of snaps. So I'm excited that coming out of the break, he's had this time to rest because he's going to get a handful here with uh, Tevin Coleman and this offensive line of the San Francisco 49ers because they will run the rock and they're going to run it a lot. Yeah, and this 49ers offensive line will be a little bit shorthanded without their best offensive player or offensive lineman, I should say, in, in uh, left tackle, Joe Staley. Yeah. Um, he's a six-time Pro Bowler, and I think even casual Packer fans probably recognize uh, Joe's name because he's been around for a while now. Um, so that's going to be uh, something definitely to watch uh, both in the rush game and uh, uh, perhaps if the Packers have some opportunities to let loose their edge guys and, and get after Jimmy Garoppolo in passing situations. Um, that's going to be, I, I think, definitely uh, something that um, uh, the Packers may be able to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, just kind of stepping back a second, big picture, before we get into maybe some of the, um, you know, um, matchups and what we expect the game plan to be uh, for both uh, sides of football, I would be really interested to see what level of physicality this uh, Packers team comes out with, mm -hmm. um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think... That is, to me, going to say a lot. I mean, you, it's its one thing, yes, we don't want to be flat or rusty, um, but, you know, I, I think this was a, a defense, as you kind of alluded to with Kenny Clark, the number of snaps he was getting, that was that seemed like they're getting a little bit worn down here these last few mm -hmm. weeks. And so is this going to be um, a, a kind of a reset or reboot uh, where we're going to see a defense that's fresh and I think flying around with a little bit more physicality? And I don't think they've lost any swagger per se, but um, what we were seeing those first three weeks of the season was definitely at a different level than I think what we've seen the last month or so. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and even going back to that Dallas Cowboys game, the first half in particular, what the defense was doing and, and how much disruption they were able to cause, um, I think that'll be, I think setting that tone yes. is going to be a huge key uh, to the game on Sunday. Yeah, it is. And I think we're up to the task. These guys like to hit, obviously, our our, our defense. I, it's it's been. Uh, I'm I'm still tr the the jury's out a little bit. I think on on where this defense is at. I think I still believe. I said it before the season started, Wags, and I stand by it. This is a top ten defense. I really think it is. 
Um, right now, we've been getting a lot of individual efforts. I think that collectively, um, we've seen some up and down moments. Uh, but I, I do think that we're, we're building on something. We're certainly better than we were last year. There's no doubt about that. Um, so I think that we're building uh, on something, but I'm hoping now for some consistency. I'm particularly hoping for some consistency in this week, more than any week potentially this year, out of our middle linebacking group. Um, the San Francisco 49ers really like to uh, do some of that zone blocking. They like to get to the perimeter. They like to get to the edges a lot. And what that means is that our middle linebackers, whether it's, it's of course, Blake Martinez, who plays just about every snap, but also B.J. Goodson, Oren Burks, uh, Ty Summers, yeah, potentially if he plays some defensive snaps this week, uh, they're going to need to be able to get out there, get out on the flats. They're going to be able to need to... Um, take on these blockers and play football at a very high level, or else I fear that Tevin Coleman at running back is going to have just a field day against this defense. I'm hopeful it doesn't happen, but probably the biggest disappointment I've had this uh, so far this year has been in Blake Martinez. So this is a great opportunity on Sunday Night Football on national TV for him to make some plays and just be a consistent tackler around the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and the biggest thing for Blake and, and for B.J. Goodson as well, um, since those have been the main guys that have been out there in that uh, inside linebacking group, is are they able to attack the line of scrimmage and play with some physicality and rip through some of those blockers? Uh, because I, I think what I've been watching, and D-line is, is doing the job up front. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kenny Clark last game is just getting a push and, and, and commanding some extra blocking attention. Um, so it's going to be incumbent on these guys to be attacking the line of scrimmage. Um, the danger, of course, is that this is also a 49ers uh, offense that uh, has probably the best tight end in football yeah. in George Kittle. And while he's been a little dinged up and is listed as questionable on the injury report, by all accounts, he practiced all week. Looks like he is most likely going to be going uh, here on Sunday night. So, whew, uh, <laughs> you, you're asking a lot. This is going to be, I do agree. I think that the play of this inside linebacking group is going to be um, probably the biggest key of the week. Uh, can they attack the line of scrimmage and play the run? But also, they've got to be able to respect that play action, and that's the bread and butter of what this Kyle Shanahan-led uh, 49ers offense is trying to do. Um, and the, the just the number of times they're going to rush the ball on a per-rush attempt uh, level, they're not necessarily like you know gashing defenses, mm -hmm. but they're going to stick with it. And so you really have to respect the run. Um, they get themselves into a lot of... Uh, uh, short yardage situations uh, from a down and distance and particularly third down um, to give themselves some, some real advantages, I think. And, and so, uh, yeah, we need them to come up and play with some physicality against the run, but if they overcommit to the run, that can also lead to some susceptibility on these crossing routes over the middle where we've seen um, us get gashed for the most part uh, by a lot of teams so far this year. But I ask you, Dane, yeah. Is there possibly a wrinkle that Coach Patton is kind of in the defensive staff can be looking at? And I don't want to say we just are going to let the 49ers do one thing, but maybe this is an opportunity for the defensive staff to say, you know what, 
we need to stop one of these things. Uh, We're not going to be able to stop both of these things. But quite honestly, they haven't been stopping both of those things anyway. So if you had to choose, what what do you think would make most sense for Coach Batten to try to uh, focus on and and try to shut down for this 49ers offense? It's a great question, Wags. It's a great question. And I I think that with... um, Breda, Matt Breda, who I, I have a lot of respect for. We were talking before the podcast. I think that kid can just play football. He can hustle. He can move. But with him out this week, it really takes away a facet of their offense with the running game. I think you eliminate the running game altogether. I think that you make Garoppolo do something that they don't really like to have him do, which is throw the ball. And, I, and the reason I say that, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, um, with Joe Staley being out this week, they've got this kid, Justin Schooley, who is um, a rookie sixth-round pick playing at left tackle. Kid's from Vanderbilt. But um, he's, in my opinion, from, from the what I've done and just kind of watched what he can do a little bit this week, I'm not sure if he's ready for prime time quite yet. And I'm not trying to slight the kid, but sixth-round pick going against um, Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and some of the things that we can do there, I think would make for a really uncomfortable day for him. So um, I'm looking at this roster right now. I'm looking at the San Francisco 49ers roster. You've got a banged up Kittle. Um, We know what Tevin Coleman can do. He's comfortable catching the ball out of the backfield. But if we can get them into some third and and a little bit longer situations, um, we know who Emmanuel Sanders is. This is actually the second time we've played Emmanuel Sanders this year. He was uh, on the Denver Broncos earlier this year. Granted, Joe Flacco couldn't get him the ball to save his life uh, when when they played. And, And Samuel ended up having, I believe, two catches for 10 yards against the Packers. Uh, But I look at this Niners, uh, the offensive weapons, they can gut you when they're doing play action. But if you can take away the run and you know that Garoppolo's going to be passing the ball, I think they're going to be in a really bad way against this Packer defense. And I think we can pin our ears back, make this rookie left tackle feel uncomfortable, and make Garoppolo do something he doesn't want to do, which is throw the ball 25-plus times. Totally agree. And... If I'm Coach Patton, that's my wrinkle. I, I mm. completely agree with you. Look at us, Wags. Um, yeah, this this is this is not a defense that, from a schematic standpoint, likes to try to, you know, take away the run. But I think that when you look at the personnel of this Packers defense versus mm-hmm. the personnel, particularly the 49ers offense, but, you know, for that matter, a, a lot of the other opposing offenses that we've been facing and will be facing – we're strong in the secondary, and for the most part, we may. I, I'm fine um, with our one-on-one matchups there. If we've got Tremont Williams and Ibrahim I- Campbell yep. uh, kind of uh, responsible for that second-level coverage on, on George Kittle and um, uh, Talvin Coleman coming out of the backfield, I, I'm comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with B.J. Goodson and um, Blake Martinez dropping back into coverage. Yes. To be quite honest with you, they're not winning those battles anyway. So why not just sell out against the run or send them uh, in certain packages, even on uh, uh, passing situations? Uh, you may obviously uh, rotate uh, um, Goodson off the field and get an extra defensive back out there. But to me, uh, that would be a, kind of the adjustment that I would be looking for this Packers coaching uh, staff to make uh, with the defense 
is let's let let's play to the strengths of our players, and and I really believe uh, with with Goodson and Martinez, mm-hmm. that's they can go up and make tackles, but when they're having to you know have that passing and coverage responsibility it just seems like it's limiting to them and, yeah. and that just doesn't play to their strengths and to be quite honest with you i would much much rather have those uh, uh your Tremont williams and your ibrahim campbell rotating down and being the primary um, guys responsible uh for uh covering uh that quadrant of the field in a passing situation so um i I will be anxious to see uh, what kind of looks uh, this defense uh, gives the 49ers because that all circles back around. You're playing a chess game, and what the Packers don't want to do is allow the 49ers to run the ball for four or five yards a crack on first and second down, and now they're in third and short yardage situations. Even with a a rookie left tackle out there uh, against Preston and Zadarius Smith, if you're able to either run or do a quick or short pass, yes. uh, that's really limiting what they can do and exposing um, the advantage that the Packers have. So I would much rather see the Packers try to very much sell out against the run mm-hmm. this week, um, get the 49ers in more long third down situations, and that's going to, I think, really play to the Packers' defense uh, strengths. Um, and uh, uh, that's going to go against the 49ers' strengths. Um, I, that all being said, that could expose uh, their secondary mm-hmm. to a few big plays uh, in some play-action situations. I, I get that. Dane, what level of concern do you think you have for that overall when you look at the skill position group? You've alluded to it a little bit, but what what do you think we could do to alleviate some of that as well? Yeah, so, I mean, I look, Wags, I look at this matchup here, and um, the, the receiver, so Kittle's obviously, as you alluded to, Kittle's the beast of this offense. He he is their number one receiver, as far as I'm concerned, uh, which, which poses significant concern for me because the Packers have a hard time covering the tight end. But when we look at the wide receiver position, the guy who really stands out for me isn't necessarily Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Sanders coming into San Fran, he came in real hot. He's kind of cooled a little bit to them. Uh, we know how dangerous he is. A previous podcast before the trade deadline, I actually thought he would make some sense in Green Bay. So I have a lot of respect for Emmanuel Sanders. But the guy who makes me nervous out of all of them is uh, Debo Samuel. Uh, I think that he has shown that he can make some big plays. He's had a couple hundred yard games for them this year. Um, so I think that we're going to see a healthy dose of uh, Jair Alexander probably on this young man this week. I, I expect Kevin King to be playing a little bit more on the Emmanuel Sanders uh, spot. Uh, but I think that Weggs, as you said, I mean, every offense in the NFL, they've got guys that have weapons, except for maybe the Miami Dolphins to a certain degree. But every team's got some guys that can that can make you hurt. So I think if we sell out, we stop the run, we take our chances. I really do like our chances, uh, our cornerbacks against this wise, wide receiver group. Um, so I think that, again, we make them do the things they don't want to do this week which is make Garoppolo throw the ball an awful lot of times. The more times that Garoppolo is dropping back, 
the more times that this rookie left tackle has an opportunity to be exposed. I think we have a pretty good chance on the defensive side of the ball to do that. Um, I actually feel pretty good about our chances in doing that, but it is out of character for this Coach Patton defense who tends to like to let them run the ball a bit, bend but don't break. I'm wondering if we flip the script this week. I think we do. Yeah, uh, and I think you you just said it. To me, no disrespect to Debo Samuel yeah. and Emmanuel Sanders, but as far as wide receiver cores around the league, that's not a duo that should strike much fear into anyone. And this is the time uh, for you've got to like that matchup when you've got Jair Alexander and Kevin King. And I know Jair's gotten beat a few times now. These this is particularly the last four or five games. But overall, this is a kid that if he, I think, um, maybe just sticks to the fundamentals a little bit more. So maybe that's something that uh, he's got a little bit more coaching coming out of the bye week instead of trying to make the big play every time. Um, And, you know, when you have the chance to make that big play, do it, young man. But uh, And maybe he's overdue for that this week. He might Um, be. He might be. But that being said, just just make the play that you need to and not the spectacular play. And I – that should be enough to win most of these battles for, for our guys. And so I, I really think uh, as much as you uh, can get nervous about uh, leaving your young corners out on an island, mm-hmm. uh, if there's ever a week to do it, I think this is the time. I agree. Um, so, um, yeah. So, I, I again, this is to kind of sum up, I think, what we're looking for from a game plan perspective and maybe a, bit, a little bit of a wrinkle and adjustment uh, from what the Packers defense has been trying to do is – is really to, to send some extra guys uh, against these runs and uh, do some perhaps run blitzes to, to get um, um, maybe even uh, uh, Savage a little bit more pressing Ooh, the line like of that. scrimmage. I like that. Get some extra bodies to, to be flying up there and uh, force the 49ers to have some extra guys to have to account for and block in those run situations uh, and not just have uh, a, a static um, you know, base defense that you're giving them a look at because that makes things a lot more complicated for them in their zone blocking schemes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's predicated on their offensive linemen being able to uh, move off and get chip and get into the second level. But if we've got guys, uh, you know, um, you know, hitting different gaps and, and doing some stunts in rush situations, that's going to make it a lot more complicated, uh, particularly uh, with this uh, uh, young man uh, playing left tackle, Schooley, for the 49ers, uh, even in rush situations. So um, I, I am ecstatic, I think, if we see a little bit more Blake Martinez and Goodson and Savage pressing that line of scrimmage yeah. this week. And, and sure, that may make us susceptible, uh, a player two for the 49ers to, to beat us deep. Um, but I think it, it comes down to, do they have the speed to run away from us? And it's really going to be incumbent, I think, on Kevin King and Jair Alexander to understand what we're asking them to do this week. And that's not to necessarily get a pick six every time that ball's up in the air. It's just stick to those fundamentals, get that pass break up, uh, run with your man, and, and, and really make it very difficult on Jimmy Garoppolo uh, to place the ball exactly where it needs to be. Yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, as big of an impact that Staley has on the offensive side of the ball uh, with that injury, 
Um, I'll tell you what, Wags, I think that there is is just as large of an injury uh, concern that they have on the defensive side of the ball. Looking at D Ford is going to be inactive uh, against the Packers on, on the D line. Um, that's not to say that their D line all of a sudden just completely drops because Nick Bosa has been ridiculously talented for them. They've also got a couple of other uh, former first-round picks into Forrest Bunkner and uh, and uh, uh, Eric Armstead. Those guys can ball. So I think the San Francisco 49ers D-line uh, is probably, dare I say, the best defensive line the Packers have faced this year. Uh, what they do is absolutely disgusting. Um, they, they do a lot of stuff. Bosa is going to likely be lined up against David Bakhtiar an awful lot this week. Um, so, Wags, as we start to break down what the Packers uh, need to do offensively, it really does always start in the trenches. Uh, how do you think the Packers counteract such a talented defensive front from the San Francisco 49ers? Well, it's just the opposite of what we talked about defensively, uh, where we need to get the 49ers in some longer down and distance situations. Packers need to run the ball. Yeah. Um, and so I expect that this is going to be a week where we're going to see a lot of not only Aaron Jones, but Jamal Williams in the backfield. And uh, it may not be terribly exciting uh, to see Aaron Rodgers um, handing the ball off a few extra times. And, and that may lead to uh, having to punt and play some field position. But I think we need to make sure not to get too frustrated in this game uh, and think big picture. Uh, there's going to be some opportunities later in the game in particular um, or in, um, you know, um, play clock situations uh, late in the half um, where we can attack. Uh, but at the same time, we need to control the clock. We need to control time of possession. Uh, we need to get in situations where Aaron Rodgers doesn't need to do a lot of five-step drop and hold on to the ball and wait for his receivers yes. to get open downfield against this talented 49ers secondary as well. Um and uh, in order to do that, we need to uh, hand the ball off, pick up four or five yards ourselves on first and second down, um, move the chains, uh, and avoid long third down situations. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're spot on. And uh, we have a real opportunity here to maybe just flip the script on, on what the Niners like to do. I think it's a, it's a recipe for success. As good as this defensive line is for the 49ers against the pass, I think they are a little susceptible uh, potentially against the run. Uh, so, so doing a lot of, um, a lot of those, those run plays, but also wags, just getting the ball out of Rogers' hands when he passes as quickly as possible is going to be the key. Um, th this 49er defense really likes to play man defense. They do it an awful lot. Uh, we saw last week, I watched a little bit of the tape of the Cardinals versus the Niners. What they like to do is they like to get the ball out of uh, Murray's hands uh, and into the guys that can make plays for them quite a bit. I think we do the same thing this week. I think that uh, we're going to see a heavy dose of Devontae Adams this week. Uh, we see it every week, but particularly this week, um, this man defense that, that the Niners play, if you get the ball out and Devontae, one of the best route runners in the NFL, is able to make a quick move and make a catch for five, six yards, we're in business this week. We're going to run the ball. I think we can run the ball against this defense. 
Uh, I think there's a lot of, uh, quite frankly, Packer fans on the West Coast. I think that there's going to be a lot of Packer fans in attendance. I'm not worried about crowd noise like I am in some other stadiums. And I think that we're going to be able to run the ball and we're going to see that quick slant game and maybe some uh, short passes out of the backfield. Expect Aaron Jones to catch uh, a number of balls out of the backfield. I think that he can carve up this Niners defense a little bit. Yeah, um, the 49ers have some speed at the linebacker level too, but it's asking a lot of those guys. They've got to cover a lot of ground. Yeah. When you've got your speed edge guys in, in Boza and in um, uh, Armstead really trying to uh, set the edge, uh, now that's a lot of ground to cover when you've got Aaron Jones coming out into the flat and as quick and as fast as he is. If Rodgers uh, and, and Jones are on target uh, again this week, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the pack, uh, 49ers defense because now it slows those guys down on, on the edge. You might They might have to chip a little bit. Something else that I think we really need to see too is we might see a little bit more tight end involvement in mm. the offense this week. The so? question yeah. will be, can those tight ends make themselves available to to make an impact? Um, And I think we've seen a little bit more where Jimmy is going to chip um, on the inside and uh, then settle out as an outlet uh, Mm -hmm. for Rodgers to be available as kind of a late option uh, if there's guys really kind of getting upfield and maybe he's – the. Packers have some some wide receivers running vertically um, downfield. Uh, he's sort of left alone. Um, and we've seen him get some yardage, if not a lot of catches in that situation, I think mm-hmm. the last few weeks. Um, but um, that's where, you know, having six yards to pick up, I, I think is going to play much more to the Packers' strengths and Jimmy Graham's strength in that situation or uh, Jay Sternberger's strength in that situation mm-hmm. than if they're in a third and 14 and he might pick up 10 yards, but now the 49ers are able to come in and make that stop short of the first down. Um, Mercedes point. Lewis, I think, really ni- runs a nice out route. Um, so you could see him get involved with a couple of catches this week. I'm not saying that we need these guys to each come up with four or five receptions, but I think collectively, uh, if they can get involved in a few situations, that's you know that's giving these 49er uh, DBs yet another thing and another responsibility. Um, and that's where now uh, Devonte Adams, if he's able to kind of run. Um, and, and get some some back shoulder uh, opportunities with Rodgers mm. uh, because uh, the DBs kind of have to settle up a few yards closer uh, to press and, and come up and, and cover these tight ends. That can give a little bit more of a window downfield uh, for a Devontae to kind of get that crease. And we know that between he and Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be able to find each other. So um, that, I think, could be an interesting key as well. Um, I don't know. It will be, Jay Sternberger has yet to get a, a reception yet, yeah. has he, in the NFL. Um, he's got a lot of got a lot of snaps in, in that last week against he Carolina. Sure I just feel like we're going to see a lot of that formation, and there's going to be a little wrinkle coming out of that formation with Jay Sternberger as a receiver. That's, that's a little prediction. I'm not saying he's going to come out and, again, get six receptions, mm-hmm. but... I feel like there's going to be an opportunity 
and where he's going to be able to make a couple of nice catches and perhaps even an impact play in this game. Do you think that we mix Bob Tunyon back into this? It looks like he's practicing for the first time in quite a while. He's had a hip injury. I mean, we're, we kind of have an embarrassment of riches a little bit right now at this tight end position. I really like what Tunyon has been able to do so far in his NFL career. Um, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to see what the Packers do from an uh, activation standpoint this week. Do you think that the, we activate four tight ends uh, uh, going into this? Uh, we really could. I mean, especially with Danny Vitale being limited in practice and questionable all week. Um, it makes sense that uh, they may use four tight ends with uh, Sternberger and Tunyon being kind of de facto flanker or lead blockers in a lot of run, running situations. In fact, that might be what we see anyway, even if Vitale is ready to go because – you know, depending on how many um, you know reps he was able to get in practice this week, that could be what they sort of uh, uh, game plan for. Um, I think another factor is with Cole Madison's injury. Granted, he hasn't been kind of a, a, a game day active on the 45 most weeks this season, but that potentially opens up another spot here where we go with four tight ends. Um, kind of depending on how they want to, you know, shift things around to account for that injury. So, uh, yeah, I, I think if Tunyon's ready to go, and, and he's questionable as well, but he was able to practice week, as you noted, um, they're going to rotate him back out there. I, I think he's a guy that clearly uh, has made some, some plays and some key moments this season. Uh, so I think getting him in there would be a boost to this Packers offense. Yeah, I, I think that a testament to his talent or what the Packers think about him is the fact that, I mean, you know, they they kept a roster spot on this kid for an awful long time for uh, for, for inactive. You know, they, they could have thrown him on the IR at any point, and they just kind of kept him uh, sticking to this 53-man roster. So uh, I would agree with you, Wags. I think that he's going to have his opportunities, and I, I think that uh, as the season progresses, He'll certainly get mixed in, I think, this week. I think we do keep active four tight ends because it's hard to not activate all four of them. They're talented guys out there. Uh, the, you know who I'm expecting a big game from? I'm just going to call my shot. When I see this man coverage that the Niners do, um, I think we're going to run the ball a bit. I think we're going to have some success doing that. But I think that uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to make a couple big plays in this game. Um, it, it's a complete gut feeling uh, but as I look at um, at this Niners defense, they've got a lot of talent uh, uh, on their defensive backfield. Um, however, I look uh, around and I look at DJ Reed Jr. I, I look at Emmanuel Mosley. I look at some of the guys that they have on the back end at their cornerback group. And just something tells me that Rodgers is going to take a shot or two to try to quiet this Niner crowd. I think that MVS is going to be able to run a route. I was looking at the weather, Wags. Um, it's like 60 degrees uh, game day. It's going to be down in the 50s. It's going to be crisp perfect football weather. Um, I like our odds when it's clean weather like that. Rogers back home in California. I just, something tells me that MVS is going to be able to, to make a play or two. And I know that Rogers is going to have to get the ball out of his hands quick. Uh, but with a, with the running game success that I expect us to have this week, um, don't be surprised to see Rodgers take a shot maybe early, maybe, uh, maybe uh, first, second quarter there and MVS coming down with the football. 
Yeah, I, I mean, at this point, MVS is a true X factor. So yeah. if you're right on that prediction, that could be a real difference maker. Um, and just like the tight ends can cause some problems in terms of giving that uh, 49er um, secondary just uh, an additional thing to have to be thinking about if they're able to connect deep even once uh, with MVS especially early that's yet another thing for them to kind of have to make an adjustment to and uh, yeah and MVS coming into this game I don't know how much uh De opposing defenses are really game planning for, for this exactly. kid anymore. So uh, perhaps, uh, you know, I'm sure they're aware of him, but uh, his snaps have been limited quite a bit the last few weeks too. We've seen uh, a, a lot more of, of Kumro. Uh, we've seen a lot more of Lazard. Um, and obviously with Devante coming back, um, Geronimo's snaps have been kind of middling, but he's out there. So, you know, uh, that would be a, a real difference maker. So, man, I hope you're right. The, the key then will be what can these guys do up front in uh, pass protection? Um, give them time, right? Give them time, yeah. And so um, that's all set up by that run game, but that doesn't mean that the, this 49ers uh, defensive line won't be geared up and ready to go when they have those passing situations. So um, what do you think? Is this extra week, are we going to see, what are we going to have to see uh, with uh, Bakhtiari? And what are we going to have to see, um, you know, up the middle um, with 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 um, um, this Packers um, uh, offensive line? I mean, we've, we've got a, a very, um, you know, fresh, and like you said earlier, knock on wood, uh, we've got a group of guys that, uh, you know, aren't really battling with any known injuries per se. So, um, you know, uh, what is, what's going to be the key, you think, up front to be able to win some battles in, in these pass protection schemes? Yeah, I think that I, I'm curious to see coming out of the bye, can we just clean it up? I thought it was kind of getting a little sloppy the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've seen quite a few holding calls, um, a number of false starts, just um, not really characteristic, I think, of such a veteran offensive line. Uh, so obviously them having their hands full this week, it, it's it's kind of a tough matchup for them to have to, to do on the road. But um, I've been so impressed by Elton Jenkins, uh, our left guard, our starting left guard, our rookie second round pick. Um, I saw a stat this week. I don't believe he's allowed a, a sack yet uh, out of that guard position. Uh, just he's been playing phenomenal football. I think he feeds off some of the veterans. He certainly feeds off of David Bakhtiari. Um, but I think the key this week is just I, I think being fresh. They it's been a long season so far. These guys have been battling left and right. So um, you know I don't know if there's any secret sauce. In this offensive line, Wags, I, I think that they've done it enough times here. Uh, but I just think that uh, giving them that week, getting their legs under them a little bit, is going to be helpful, certainly in the run game, but actually really in the pass protection as well. Um, I, I think that they're going to be able to hold their ground. Now, I don't think this is going to be a clean game, so to speak. There's going to be a flag or two because this uh, pass rush of the Niners is so active. Uh, but I do expect the game plan to be Rodgers get the ball out of his hands a little bit uh, quicker than maybe some other weeks. But also, he's going to take his shot here or there, and he's going to probably take a couple five-step drops. Uh, and again, don't be surprised if early, I'm saying late first quarter, 
early second quarter, Rodgers just takes a shot and says, let's see what we can do. Yeah, I think one thing to keep in mind that I wasn't even thinking about, but just sort of uh, popped into my head was um, offensive line coach Adam Stenovich was the assistant offensive line coordinator for the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan last year. So you're looking at a guy that should have some insights into what they want to do. In addition to that... um, on the defensive side of the ball, um, we've got uh, a, uh, a a linebackers coach um, in um, Mike Smith that was with the Chiefs last year in D Ford. Another guy should, that should be very intimately familiar, and I know D Ford's not playing this week, but um, you know, it, it, a lot of times when when you're looking at these top guys, um, the other players on the roster are going to like try to pick up a lot of the same tendencies, and you know um, what's working for D Ford might work for Nick Bosa. So the, these hmm. coaching, these coaching, you know. Um, familiarities and between both staffs um so don't get me wrong it's not like the 49ers and and coach shanahan doesn't have some familiarity so it goes both ways but i will be very interested to see how that could play out in terms of what they're able to implement from a scouting report standpoint at an individual level with some of these matchups it's just going to be fascinating to see uh this game of 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 chess that's going to be going on uh, both on the field and on the sidelines because uh, this is uh, while uh, there are two teams that don't play each other all the time and we've, we haven't necessarily gone to San Francisco a lot over the years. This is definitely uh, two programs that mirror each other in a lot of ways. And um, uh, from the sidelines, uh, there's a lot of familiarity mm-hmm. with what these guys want to do. So um, I, I think that could give a, a real edge to uh, some of the veteran guys that we have on the offensive line. Um, in, in, in you mentioned Elton Jenkins, but uh, when you're talking about uh, Bakhtiari and, and you're talking about Bulaga and you're talking about Corey Lindsley, um, these guys, any little edge that they can get when it comes to, okay, these guys like to do this or this is a tendency they seem to have uh, in uh, you know a, a run situation. Uh, they like to cheat inside mm-hmm. just a tad or, or they're going to kind of line up at a wider angle, you know, um, those are the types of things that can make a big difference, I think, when we're talking about what's going to be happening out there on the field on Sunday. Yeah, oh man, you hit it on the head. Uh, Just talking about this coaching matchup, very rarely do we talk about the coaching matchup, so to speak. Um, We talk a little bit about, you know, the X's, we certainly talk X's and O's, but um, Head coaches, defensive coordinators yeah. get the attention, but I just thought it's worth so kind of looking at because, you know, these are guys that that makes a huge difference. That happens. They're they're getting that insight mm-hmm. in practice all week, and that and then the, the they're able to get some scouting reports. They're able to you know the um, um, the uh, practice squad guys hopefully can get out there and and give them some good looks. Uh, on what what these guys like to do, and that's just it's it's repetition. You start to uh, get some familiarity and some comfort level with it, and, and certainly Nick Bosa can do it at a much higher level than any of the guys on our practice squad can. But it, it, that doesn't mean it doesn't matter, 
right, right Dane? Um, you know, we've been out there on that football field. Uh, we can see how that can really make a difference. Yeah, and I mean, just talking big picture, we look at these coaches, man. I mean, realistically, these guys know each other, uh, uh, to your point, so well. They're friends off the field. We are watching something really interesting, I think, happening this week. We're seeing a pretty, potentially a real shift in um, in the coaching tree uh, overall. These two guys are two of the most talented young head coaches in the NFL right now. They're friends, they know each other real well. And uh, as I think we're seeing a potential power shift in the NFC, um, these two guys, uh, dare I say, are starting to fight for dominance <laughs> over who's going to control potential playoff seating down the line. And um, there, there's a there's a professional pride going on. But don't tell me, Wags, there's not some uh, private text messaging going on right now between these two guys. The players probably don't know it, but these guys are pals. They've coached together a long time. And now Shanahan and LeFleur are going head-to-head for the first time. And I promise you they've been talking about this for a long time yeah uh well <laughs> you might be right i don't think they're talking this week though. you don't think so uh, no. i think they're uh, not this week no i, think I don't are. think so i, I think they're I, talking smack. i really don't I, but you know who knows <laughs> um uh, if i'm them i i ain't saying nothing no offense <laughs> but if i was coaching against you in an nfl game dane i'm going radio silent i want you a little bit like why isn't he responding to my text? <laughs> I, I i want any anything i can do but um i digress the, the thing that really fascinates me is this, you're right on. This is this could be like the first battle. Yes. Right? And, and I think Aaron Rodgers said it too. There's a chance that we may have to play San Francisco twice this year. It would be nice. He said it would be nice if we only have to go to them once. I love it. And this is an opportunity to give us a leg up. Uh, there's a lot of football to be played. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here what Rogers said. There's a lot of football to be played, but this is an opportunity. The winner of this game, uh, listen, the loser of this game is, is still going to be in the playoffs. Let's no. just let's be honest. I'm not going to uh, Woodwag. I'm just uh, Dane. It's but the winner really has an opportunity to get a leg up here mm-hmm. um, in, in terms of, of seating, in terms of divisional um, uh, status. 49ers started 8-0. If they lose to the Packers this week, the Seahawks win, they're looking at potentially being a wild card team, having to go on the road in the first round, just like that. I mean, that's just incredible to think about it for sure as is. well as they played and as hot as they started they had no margin for error packers are in the same situation vikings unfortunately are hot on our heels right now yeah, they are and so you know all of these games really matter um I, yeah we've got two games and we're, i don't have to look ahead too much that we should win after this this matchup this week but you can never take any game for granted um this is a golden opportunity coming off of a bye with a, a little bit of a banged-up 49ers team for the Packers to really put themselves in a very, very good position here heading into the home stretch. Wags, let's just say it as it is. Let's go into San Francisco and tear their hearts up. Real talk. I, I We have an opportunity. You're 100% 
Let's get in there. Let's out-physical these guys. We got the best quarterback in the league. Quite frankly, I think we might have the best running back in the league. I love what Aaron Jones is doing right now. I, I uh, Aaron Jones for MVP. Kid can ball. Uh, I, I love this team. I love that this defense, even with a little bit of the challenges it's had, still has a swagger about it. Like, you know what? Week to week, we're going to take the ball away from you, and we're going to find a way to win. Um, I, I think that um, this week, uh, something that I don't want to gloss over, uh, Robbie Gould, one of the best kickers in the league. He's consistent as heck. Uh, looks like he's probably going to miss this game. Doubtful. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and they got this, I believe it's a, McGo a McLaughlin uh, kid who um, had a, a tough time against the Seattle. He made a couple of them, but then had an absolutely brutal miss. Uh, I think it was like a 47-yarder, had a really tough miss. Um, I wonder in close games if he's a little rattled after that. I just, I wonder it. I don't know it, but I wonder. Um, I think Mason Crosby's been kicking the ball about as good as he has in his entire career this season. I don't want to jinx anything, but Crosby's just been strong as heck this year. Um, I think it's a close game, Wags. I think uh, I'm going to go on a prediction right now. I think it's 21-17 Packers. I think it comes down to the last drive. And I think it's not the Packers driving the ball. I think the Niners have an opportunity to march down the field. And I think that um, we put them in the position we want to put them in. And on the last drive of the game, we come up with the play that we need to play. I, I really think that our defense holds strong as needed. But I think it takes all of our might much like against Carolina. This is a battle of two heavyweights, Wags, and I think the Packers are up to the match. I think that what we're going to see is late in the game, fourth quarter, the Niners are going to be a little bit more tired. The Packers coming off the bye, a little bit more bounce in their step. We're going to stick it to them, and we're going to go to 9-2, and two, and I really believe that this Packer team can go in and tear the hearts out of the Niners in San Francisco. I love it. I love it. And... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on that. I think slightly higher scoring. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm gonna go with kind of an oddball score: Packers 27, Niners 25. Ooh. And this is gonna be a nail biter, folks. Uh, but uh, we'll take a victory any any way we can get it. <laughs> this is a team that's gotten some pretty quality road wins this year. Say what you will about the mess that's in Chicago right now, but going down there in week one kind of was the first domino to sort of throwing them off the rails. Uh, I don't I don't care what you say. That was uh, an yep. impressive win. Winning in Dallas, uh, that was uh, a very impressive win. Um, you know, uh, Kansas City, um, sure, uh, they didn't have Mahomes playing, but that's as impressive of a win as you're going to get in this league. I just like the way that this team seems to like the limelight mm -hmm. and step into the challenge. It's, 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 it hasn't been any bigger than it has this week. Uh, but I also kind of like the fact that nationally, uh, it's been the Patriots-Cowboys is kind of the game of the week. Mm -hmm. I, I, that gives us a little bit of a chip on the shoulder, yes, I think. And this is an opportunity for this Green Bay team to go in and have some individuals make some, uh, some real splash nationally and say, hey, you know what? We are for real. We're legit here. You're going to have to deal with us. Um, and it isn't going to be easy, Dane. Um, a couple other little minor keys I'm going to throw out there. I'd like to see Jamal Williams get 15 touches this week. Mm -hmm. um, I like Between that. rushing and passing, uh, receiving, I should say. Um, and 
I think we're going to have to continue to see some of these secondary receivers involved. I love your uh, call with MVS. Uh, I think it's going to, uh, for me, it's going to be more likely we're going to continue to see Kumro and Lazard mm. um, and perhaps Geronimo uh, not make, uh, again, an individual performance that is noticed from a box score standpoint, but making some key catches in some key situations. Um, and uh, I think that's going to continue to be a key uh, in order to like, have a smooth um, offensive uh, of plan here. Um, and I, I think we're going to need to see a little bit. Uh, we t- You touched on, on the kicking uh, and special team, but I, I really would like to see um, some bounce back um, from... from um, um, J.K.? J.K. Scott, thank you. He's been struggling a little bit here, and this is the kind of game where if he has a return to what he was doing the first month and a half of this season, that could be a huge difference maker um, in a close, potentially very close game like this uh, where um, this 49ers offense is kind of, if they're pinned deep or or having to, uh, or he's able to... um, uh, flip the field, so to say, if, if the Packers have um, some some punts from deep in their own territory, that could be a huge difference maker. So hopefully a week, extra week off for J.K. And as you mentioned, a little bit of a, a warmer temperature game mm-hmm. uh, is able to get him back on track as well. Yeah, and Wags, I know there's listeners out there because I see see y'all on social media uh, that uh, on on our uh, Instagram and our Facebook that will uh, at times be like, well, I don't know if the Packers can do this or that. Um, as our as our uh, our producer Schmitty uh, told us before this game, the Packers are the only team in the NFL with an undefeated record against teams currently with a winning record. Love it. We're four zero. Yes. Against winning, we've had a tough road so yeah, far. We really have. I mean, in. No, no offense to the Niners, but they're going to be tested not just this week. They've got a tough schedule coming up. I'm not sure how difficult their schedule's been the the first couple of months. Give them credit; they've taken care of business yes. and and quite honestly, fairly dominant in fashion. So, <laughs> don't take anything away from them at no, all. Um, I, I'm not. I, yeah. I just I'll tell you what. Um, I'm not going to listen to the narrative that the 49ers are testing the Packers. I think the Packers are testing the 49ers. Agreed. Yeah. I think that we are the team. We've got the swagger. We got the quarterback. We've beaten the good teams. I feel confident that we're going to come in. And I think this Green Bay Packer team, more than a, t- a Packer team that I've seen in a long time, Wags, takes pride in going into other teams' territory and beating them in front of their home crowd. Yeah, and let's just be honest. When you look at the matchups and you know who has the edge at each position group, Quarterback, Packers, wide receivers, Packers, running backs with Rada out, Packers, um, offensive line with Staley out. I'm going to go with Packers, the Packers. Yes. Um, defensive line the, the I'm, uh, with with D Ford out. I'm going to go Packers. I know that the 49ers, uh, you know, Armstead and Bose are talented, mm-hmm. but <laughs> we've got Zedarius and 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 uh, we've got. Um, you know, obviously we've got um, Kenny Clark, and, and certainly um, we've got Preston. So I think we've just got a little bit of an edge there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's a wash. Mm-hmm. Um, linebacker group, uh, I'll, uh, certainly I'm going to give the 49ers the edge. Uh, defensive back, that could be fairly even, but I just like our young talent I there. I think we've got a little bit more speed. Um, so I think we've got the edge uh, at most of the position. Uh, in the kicking game, we've got an edge. Uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, some injuries play into this. 
Uh, 49ers, a very good team, not going to be easy. No. But just from a matchup standpoint alone, now it just comes out to, down to let's get out there, uh, be sharp, execute, and uh, win some of those battles. And I think that uh, is going to uh, play out in what we see as a result. All gas, no brakes, legs. <laughs> I'm into it. I, folks, follow us on Instagram and and. And, and and Twitter and Facebook Lombardi's Legends. I this is so fun. I I you know what I was missing last week was doing a podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we we took a little time with the bye week. Um, we had an awesome podcast with Don Horn, um, the Green Bay Packer. Uh, you know he, he backed up uh, Bart Starr was Vince Lombardi's first round pick. So. If you enjoyed listening to this, go back and listen to last week where Don Horn is talking about getting drafted by Vince Lombardi and uh, and playing for that guy and some of his teammates and some of the incredible stories. Wags, that was incredible, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and he gets pretty fun sound, sound bites too, yeah. uh, saying what that call was like from Coach Lombardi. So yeah, uh, if you didn't listen to it, well worth your time to go back and listen to that. So, um, and we've got a few. Uh, I know that we promised a couple uh, interviews in the bye week, but we've got a couple in the queue. So, we do. stay and patient, good guys. Stay too. patient yeah. with us. Stay patient with us. Uh, it's all coming. Um, we just, uh, it's kind of like a nice slow burn, mm -hmm. uh, like a finely aged wine. Um, and uh, so, you'll have an opportunity if you're listening to this. Uh, sometime, uh, you know, uh, tomorrow morning over coffee or tomorrow afternoon, uh, you know, get, you get your chores and errands done. Um, you might be uh, enjoying, uh, like we are now, uh, a nice Wisconsin lager or a nice winter beer. Yeah. Uh, Dane, I, I really like the selection that you picked up for us Thank tonight. Um, yeah, the one barrel brewing, man. I, I, I love them. It's the up north Wisconsin lager. And it's it's good, right? This was a good podcast and beer if I've ever had one. I yeah, think it's nice. Uh, yeah, it tastes like victory to me. It does. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll crack another one of these on Sunday night. Uh, it's, it's just, I'm so excited. I, I think that, um, you know, as you alluded to, Eggs, uh, we've got some more podcasts, interviews coming up. Um, and uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I would expect our next podcast interview to potentially be another uh, Green Bay Packers Super Bowl champion. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So anyway, Dane, hey, um, yeah. if this is a nail biter and you guys need to vent yes. and, and let off some steam, um, call that Cheesehead Hotline. Dane, tell us uh, the number again. I believe 608 285 Yes. So yeah, our Cheesehead Hotline, which we love answering these questions, Blake's. It's uh, uh, area code 608-285-2128. Uh, leave a message. Sound off. Tell us what you're thinking, good, bad, the ugly. Um, if, if we like what we're hearing, you know, we'll read your questions. We'll, we'll, we'll play your stuff here on the podcast. Yep, absolutely. And uh, uh, this is a game you may need to just vent a little bit um, or blow off some steam because, uh, you know, regardless – this is probably going to be a close one. Uh, yes. It might be a little back and forth. So um, don't throw your TV out the window. Just call the Cheesehead hotline, and, and we'll uh, commiserate with you. Don't you worry. Yeah, so, uh, folks, uh, listen. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's uh, if, uh, you know, tomorrow you're out and about doing chores, getting ready to you're, – you're online looking for your, um, your, your Black Friday shopping, maybe getting a bigger TV for the hopeful Packer playoff run. Um, we, we always like to uh, – 
uh, end our podcast the same way. Uh, so um, I want to hear you say it loud and clear with us. Go Pack Go! go.